This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been it's been a week without you, and I need to know more about my vehicle. <laughs> well, I can tell you something new today. I believe it. I believe it. And I love what today's subject is. We are talking about gasoline direct injection, our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, coach, you already know I've got a definition. You're going to have to break it down, but here it goes. Gasoline direct injection, also known as petrol direct injection, is a mixture formation system for internal combustion engines that run on gasoline where fuel is injected into the combustion chamber. And this is distinct from manifold injection systems, which inject fuel into the intake manifold. And the use of GDI can help increase engine efficiency and specific power output, as well as reduce exhaust emissions layman's terms go coach (laughs) so we started talking about the fuel system in vehicles today we went from carburetors we went to intake injection Mm -hmm. and now we're going to direct injection now direct injection it was arrived from diesel injection Mm -hmm. because diesels always put their fuel right on top of the cylinder into the combustion chamber Today, 50% of the cars are gasoline direct injection, and they put gasoline right on top of the cylinder. And the thing is, if you think about putting gas on top of the cylinder, uh, a diesel engine has compression 17 to 1 to 25 to 1 compression ratio, mm-hmm. where gasoline was 8 to 1, maybe the highest was 12 to 1 compression. Well, understand diesel ignites under pressure. Well, think about gasoline. Mm -hmm. It has to have some type of source to ignite it. So now by them putting that fuel on top of the cylinder, is it getting enough compression to ignite? Right. Well, what they had to do, they had to change the way that the cylinder, the pistons were. These have a uh, curb-type piston in them at the top where they can put fuel more than one time. They can spray fuel in that cylinder more than one time Mm -hmm. to get a better combustion where it will burn the fuel better you know because we only use 22 percent of the fuel that we put in the car right the rest of it goes out the exhaust so now the manufacturers have decided that we can put uh, gasoline direct injection we can spray it through the top of the cylinder mm-hmm. to get it into the cylinder and we can control the amount of fuel we put in it by the computer. Right. And this was all to make sure that you can get the most, the changes were to make sure you can get the most fuel efficient drive that you could. Basically. Well, you think about it, the EPA came up with regulations that every car manufacturer had to change the fuel mileage on their vehicles to get more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Well, the manufacturers had to figure out how they were going to do it. And by shooting it in the top of the cylinder, was the easiest way to get better fuel economy because you're going to control that fuel. Now, once again, we're using computers. We're using uh, sensors all to control that fuel. Right. And, and matter of fact, if you do uh, gasoline uh, direct injection or DI direct injection, mm-hmm. 
the engine even runs cooler, that cylinder will even be cooler because all the fuel is not put in there at one time. Right, 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 right. So that sounds like a pro. Are there any more pros? And then what are some of the cons? Well, if you think about pros for gas injection, first of all, it's fuel economy, fuel efficiency. That means you're going to burn less gas to go where you're going. You know, because you think about cars were getting, even if they were getting 28 miles a gallon, now some of them get 35 to 40 miles a gallon mm-hmm. because they went to direct injection. Okay. Okay. So fuel economy is one of them. More power. The power could be 50% more torque to the rear wheels. So that means that stronger pulling power for these uh, cars. So that's another one. Okay. So And then eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. Once again, if we're burning the fuel more efficiency, that means that we're let, putting out less emissions out in the air. Right. So those are your pros. If you think about cons, well, it's just like a diesel uh, vehicle's carbon up, the uh, valves carbon up, and if you don't know what a valve is, that's what lets the air and the fuel in. Okay, so they carbon up, and what happens now? The vehicle does not run efficiently. So now you have to take in clean the carbon out from those valves mm-hmm. more often. They got to be serviced more. Right. Okay. To change a uh, injector is anywhere from three fifty to eight hundred dollars to change according to how many you got. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, the expense of them. But if you think about the expense and the fuel efficiency, they really offset each other. Okay. You know, so, and you got to change your oil more often that the oil has to be clean because if it's not clean, once again, it carbons up. Right. So you want to get all that. That system has to be clean and you have to look, use good oil. Yeah. You know, that has certain additives, detergent additives to clean all that carbon and soot out of the uh, fuel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's another thing. It's going to be higher octane fuel. So you're going to, have to use a higher octane fuel. And it says on when you get these vehicles, it'll tell you exactly what type of engine it has, what type of fuel to use. If it's high octane that's the fuel you're going to use. I was just about to ask, how do you know if you're in one of these vehicles? I'm not sure if I am. I don't think that my dealership told me that I was. Should the dealer maybe give you a heads up? Or do you recommend just reading that thing called a manual? <laughs> uh, you can read the manual or you can read the uh, sticker on the, door, on the windows. The stickers on the windows tell you what kind of engines you have in them. 50% of the cars, if they're Hondas, Toyotas, Chevrolets, Fords, all of them got GDI injection okay. engines now. But just read the uh, sticker or go to the book and it'll tell you which ones you have in there. About what year did all of the GDI kind of take effect? Well, they started making them. If you think about it, it was the Volkswagen that started having direct injection first. Okay. Uh, that was mass produced. And then it went to now, and that was like 2010. Okay. And now it's 2021. They got a little bit better and they're more technology every day on them. Okay. Okay. Now, so you could possibly, some people are driving GDIs. Some people may not be driving GDIs right now. Right. Some don't even know they're driving a GDI. Okay. Like me. Yeah. Right. Until Correct. they get to the <laughs> point. Well, uh, once again, high pressure. Once again, if you think about a diesel, all the lines are under very high pressure. Well, here, the GDI, all the lines are under very high pressure. If you even break one of the lines to, just say the line, something you were just trying to get air out of the system or something. And, you know, and if you did that, you mm-hmm. can't just tighten the line back up. Mm-hmm. You have to replace 
the line. Right. You have to replace fittings. So there's because it is a lot of pressure and you don't want to. Another thing, you don't want to put your hand up there when the fuel is coming out because it's under such high pressure. It'll cut your hand. It'll slice your arm. Right. 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 Because it's under such high pressure. Right. Wow. That's that's nuts. So here's my brain is just rolling because now I don't know if I'm driving a GDI. Now I need to figure out if I'm driving a GDI. That would be helpful. Um, But when it comes down to the maintenance, like you were talking about, is the maintenance more than what I guess if you didn't have a GDI? Are you going to get your oil changed even more regularly than usual? Well, the oil is going to be changed on GI about every 10,000 miles. Okay. Okay, then you're going to have the injectors cleaned every 20,000 to 40,000 miles. So it's still really the same amount, but there are a few extra steps in there when you start cleaning injectors and all. Okay. So okay. you want to make sure that you get those taken care of. Okay, okay. So it, it, it could possibly be just a little different than what a non-GDI vehicle would be. Right. Okay. Just trying to make sure I need to get on top of that, and I need my dealership to also get on top of well, that. Well, if you even think about it, uh, regular car, it's like a 14 to 1 air-fuel ratio, 14 parts 1 and uh, to 14 parts air, 1 part fuel. Mm-hmm. A GDI can be up to 35 parts air and 1, one part, part fuel. fuel. So look at the difference in the efficiency rating. Right, right. And that'll help you determine what your pocket's going to be well, it's according, to allow. Well, it helps you decide what type of vehicle you want. If, you go, if you're looking for a car, what do you want? Are you looking at just the mileage? You're looking at just the engine? Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about CVTs. Are you looking for a regular transmission? Are you talking about a CVT transmission? Mm-hmm. It's according to what you're looking for in a car. But like I say, 50% of the cars now are GDI. Right, right, right. Okay, so you may or may not have a GDI. You need to get on top of it like I'm going to have to do um, (laughs) so that we can figure that out. If you've got a question, you can send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about gasoline direct injection. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, Find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Well, Coach, we've got some calls on the line. We're going to go straight into that, and then I'll get into the recalls. On the line with us is James from Ocean Springs. James, you are on on with Coach Charlie Melton. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I had a GDI car, but my Nissan Murano, when I opened the fuel door, it's, there was a sticker on that fuel door that said to run 92 octane or better. Well, I didn't believe it, so I put regular unleaded in it, and it pinged on me. So I had to buy the premium all the time so it wouldn't rattle. Yeah, there's a lot of different cars out there that has, um, you know, we got three octanes of fuel. If we go 87, 89, and 91 right now, we used to have it to 103 octane fuel, and that's what they used to use for all the high compression engines. Now the 91 is used for the high compression engines. And, yeah, if you open up a lot of the fuel caps, if you think about Mercedes, you think a lot of these sports cars, uh, it will say 91. Now, I will tell you, my wife's had a Mercedes. She don't have one now, but she's had Mercedes for, uh, probably about 20 years and we always ran 87 and never had a problem because what the pinging is it's the fuel additives and if you put your uh, 91 in that vehicle and you're going up a hill it'll quit pinging 
And a lot of times people don't understand that you could just put one tank of 91 high octane in there and that'll clear it up because what it is, it's just what the engine is using at that time. How much octane? Because if you use a high octane and it don't need it, it just goes right off the exhaust. Mm. Well, love the show. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, James, for giving us a call. On the line with us, we've got Buddy in Natchez. Buddy, you're on with Coach Charlie Melton, and you heard about a Volkswagen that gets 400 miles per gallon? Please let us know, Buddy. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw that on the Internet, if anybody can believe what you see there. But it was a pretty, pretty detailed thing. They were very excited about it. Of course, I got excited, too. I once put a lawnmower engine in a Volkswagen. got pretty good mileage. But I... Uh, had seen on TV where they were talking about this uh, Volkswagen engine that Volkswagen created that produced around 400 miles to a gallon of diesel. And the only thing they alluded to as far as the device itself was that it had a ultra-high injection, high-pressure injection system on the thing. And it didn't say who made it, mm. and it didn't tell what size engine this was or what size vehicle it was. So I was very curious about it and wondering when something like that might hit the market. But there was no more information given about that. Yeah, you get a 400-mile-gallon vehicle, you ain't going to see that hit the market because <laughs> they don't want that. You know, the manufacturers or the uh, petroleum company would like to see that. You know, that would do away with uh, EVs. That would do away with everything. I could almost make it to California on that bad boy and back, for well, sure. That's, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking. Right. Buddy, know, uh, buddy tell me about the... Website. Buddy, tell me about the lawnmower. I, I gotta, I, you gotta tell us about the lawnmower so engine. He, he buried the lead. <laughs> <laughs> buried the lead, oh, buddy. You just in passing. Oh, I, I, I put a lawnmower engine I, in a Volkswagen. I, I got great gas mileage. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? Yeah, it was a, it was a twelve and a half uh, Craftsman lawnmower, uh, electric start, and he used the uh, sprocket from a clothes dryer. Uh, commercial clothes dryer on the shaft to go in my transmission and I used an automatic clutch up from a go-kart on the uh, engine <laughs> and I could sit in there and crank the thing with my ignition in the car it would start and I'd let it go back to an idle since I had an automatic clutch on this thing from the Volkswagen. Uh, this guy's building go-karts for Lake and, Speed uh, back in the 70s man. Stick it, in, stick it in reverse and back it out of the driveway and it didn't live too far from work so I could stick the thing in second gear and go on to work. Let's go. Thing. Yeah that was a two-stroke engine it was really revved up there. <laughs> well, no, it, it was a regular four-stroke uh, you know four-stroke 12 and a half horsepower uh, engine that's not, you know, just town traffic. I didn't have to worry about getting any speed up with the thing, but it worked good. I had headlights and radio and put it on charge at the for the weekend for a couple of hours, and I was ready to go for the next day. <laughs> well, you'd like to send us a picture of that one. Please, buddy. <laughs> and a video of oh, it in action. I wish I had pictures of it. I, at one time, was up with my gold ring motorcycle. I was in a hurry to get someplace, and I saw the uh, sign up there. Diesel was something like a dollar and forty nine cents a gallon. You know, several years ago. So I pulled up to the dollar and forty nine cent gallon pump and was pumping into it. And the guy got out of a pulpwood truck. The other guy came out of the office of the dealership there and 
said, I have never in my life seen a diesel motorcycle. I think that's remarkable that they would make a diesel. And I said, well, I haven't either. He said, well, why are you putting diesel in yours? <laughs> and sure enough, I, I out of about a five-and-a-half-gallon tank, I'd already dumped three gallons of diesel oh, in the thing. Yeah. I don't I think that motorcycle oh. liked that too good. I, I, I started it up, and it ran pretty good, but every time I got to a service station, I'd put if it didn't take 25 cents worth of gas, I'd put that in there and made it to the next. But it didn't yeah. hurt the thing. Good thing. God, it's a pretty expensive machine, but... Yeah, ran on diesel. <laughs> yeah, trying to dilute that di- that ga- that diesel fuel so it would run better. <laughs> right, buddy, you always know how to give us one, and I love it. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> that exhaust really stunk. Oh yeah, <laughs> it didn't good at all. Oh yeah, <laughs> buddy, thank you so much for your call. Y'all need to be on there for two hours. Really enjoy it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> I see what he might have been. Uh, what he might have been. What he might have heard yeah. or was talking about the the 2023 Volkswagen Atlas. Mm. Uh, it says here the standard engine providing up to an EPA estimated 25 miles per gallon highway and 18.6 gallon fuel tank. You can travel over 400 miles using a single tank. Mm. So you get 400 miles of tank. Not a as gallon. opposed to per gallon. So I don't know, if he, when Buddy heard that, somebody might have misspoke. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're gonna get four hundred miles a gallon. A gallon. No, okay. That'd be good. I'd go buy me two or three of them. Well, there's a, <laughs> it, 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 right. But isn't there always a fable of a guy running around that was, you know, he he had the secret to an engine that could get like I don't know, two or three years to like a drop of gasoline, and then he. All of a sudden was missing, and then we've never been seen again. That's a fable you hear all the time, well, right? Believe it or not, the GDI, that's another good, that's a pro for uh, GDI engines that mm-hmm. you can use alternative fuels in that engine. It will take different type fuels, not diesel, but it will take different fuels. So the different octanes, basically, fuels, you mean? Alternative fuels. Alternative fuels. Like, oh. Uh, just different types. Uh, if you was going to use different fuels in there, you could use them. You know, yeah. Like uh, you could use pro, uh, not probably propane, but uh, maybe kerosene or something like that. Different wow. things inside the engine to uh, holy make cow, it that's and wild. That's a good thing about GDI. Yeah, did not know. You know, military. If you think about the United States military, and I'm sure they do it on other militaries, that they have multi-fuel injection engines, mm-hmm. and just in case that diesel engine will run off oil coming out of the crankcase. You just. <laughs> Just, wow. You can just pour burnt motor oil in it, and it will burn it. It didn't matter what you put in that vehicle. All you had to do is turn a switch. It would burn the fuel. It was called a multi-fuel engine. Sounds like the Back to the Future car. He's just throwing junk into it, right? <laughs> banana, it. banana peels, banana peels. And beer cans. <laughs> whatever, you could, whatever you could get in, it would burn. Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We're talking about GDIs, but here are some recent recalls in um, over 1 million Ford Fusion Lincoln MKZs. Have been recalled due to brake issues. This affects 1.2 million um, model year 2013 to 2018 Ford Fusion, Ford Fusions, and Lincoln MKZs. I don't know why I can't get that well, out. Well, you know, I think that's worse than the airbags because you got to stop. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put this one on top, because I saw that there was a brake issue. So this is what's happening. It stems from a ruptured front brake hose that may leak brake fluid, causing an increase in pedal travel and a reduced rate of deceleration. Drivers may notice a change in brake pedal feel and a brake fluid warning indicator light may be illuminated. Reduced brake performance increases, of course, the risk of a crash, which is very serious. To fix the problem, dealers are replacing those brake hoses as necessary for free. Um, Ford will start notifying owners April 17th, but if you'd like to know more, call your dealer. Um, 2021 Ford F-150s are being recalled for failing windshield wipers again. Um, This affects um, more than 222,000 model year 2021 F-150s, and it expands on a previous recall from April of last year. The windshield wiper arms may break, causing the wipers to fail. Um, This could reduce visibility in certain conditions and increase the risk of a crash. The solution for owners is simple. Dealers will simply inspect and replace those wiper arms as necessary for free. Um, They will begin notifying owners March 27th, but you can just head on up there and they'll get those changed out for you or you can contact the dealer for more information. Mercedes expands air conditioner hose recall for the GLE GLS um, SUV. Um, This is for 61,500 examples of threat of water entering footwells that could ironically lead to a fire. So this is pretty serious. Um, It's on those models um, and it expands to previous recalls issued in 2019 and 2021. To fix this, um, dealers will inspect and reinstall the drain hoses as necessary for free. Um, Notifications will be sent out May 16th, but if you want more information about that today, call your dealer right now. Hyundai recalls 167,000 Palisade SUVs for windshield wiper issues. Some more windshield wiper problems. Um, The windshield wiper motor may improperly operate or fail altogether when snow or ice builds up on the windshield. This includes model year 2021 to 2023 Palisades. Dealers are replacing the driver's side windshield wiper arm for free. And if you have further questions, you can contact the automaker. Um, Here's a recall that's not involving a car. But this recall is um, for the Maxi Corsi Corral XP car seat. This child safety seat um, is in over concerns that it's not sufficient to restrain an infant on its own. That's pretty serious. Some 14,500 of these uh, rear-facing infant seats with the model number IC313 are affected. Um, This could be insufficient to restrain a child without the use of the outer carrier. The inner carrier, um, if it does not have the outer carrier, cannot probably restrain a child. Um, Without that, uh, there is a course a risk of injury during the event of a crash owners are advised to use only the inner carrier of the corral xp when it's attached to the outer carrier and installed with or without the base using the vehicle belt restraint system consistent with the existing instruction booklet and labels um, to resolve the issue they are offering a refund or replacing the seat for free you must uh 
contact Darrell for more information. So that's our recalls. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Safety Traffic Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN or finding their safer car app. Coach, I wanted to go to this while I'm thinking about the NHTSA. You said that the NHTSA had something to say about GDI, correct? Yeah, no, um, if you think about it, Kia, BMW has now put out a technical service bulletin because I told you earlier is that the valves and the fuel system gets clogged up. Well, the National Highway Association did the same thing. They said uh, power, they can experience high rate uh, fuel system clogging and and clogging with carbon buildup. So they're telling people before you even buy the vehicle that something could go wrong. Already. Right. And they're already putting out TSPs. You know, Bosch is the one that really makes a lot of injection systems for American cars. Mm -hmm. They're made by Bosch, and that's a German company. They do a real good job, and they're the ones that are really the lead on these type of injection systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, but if the National National Highway Safety Administration is already coming out with uh, telling the I reckon the mass communication of telling everybody that something could go wrong. And that means that's why you got to clean those systems a lot more than you do regular cars. Okay. And hopefully before you pull off the lot, do you think that the dealership would do that before you drive away? Is it already there basically and in new vehicles, this issue? Well, it's in new vehicles. It's in all GDI vehicles yeah. because if you think about diesels, diesels used to roll out black smoke. That is carbon. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's particulates. That's carbons, and that is what clogs the valves up and makes the vehicle not run correctly. Right, right. Well, I can't wait to learn more about GDI. We're taking your car questions. It doesn't have to be about GDI. It can be about anything I. <laughs> <laughs> Our email address where you can send questions to is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about gasoline direct injection. That's GDI, between your car repair questions. What's in the news? American Car Center closes operations and three dealerships were located right here in the state. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Tech Program and ASC certified technician is our expert host. I'm Jermaine. Flood. I hope you downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you so much for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m., with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, American Car Center closes operations. Three dealerships were located right here in Mississippi. Um, The Memphis-based American Car Center has laid off nearly 300 workers and ceased all business operations. That happened March 2nd, so I'm a little late with this one. (laughs) I heard it. I heard it. American Car Center had dealerships here. 
located in the state in Jackson, Tupelo, and Gulfport. Um, they filed an official warn notice um, with the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development. Um, it did not offer specifics on the reasoning for the closure, but mentioned 288 workers would be impacted. Um, so memo was sent to the employees about the decision that has since been circulated on social media. And the closure came after Bloomberg first reported that the Memphis-based company pulled a $222 million bond sale from the market the previous day. The used car seller has 40 dealerships in 10 states. American Car Center is owned by York Capital Management and attempts to reach York Capital Management for comments on anything of this nature were unsuccessful. The first American Car Center was opened in Memphis in 2000, um, according to the company's website, and it was it was active as of Thursday morning before March the 2nd, so... Well, I'm just thinking they couldn't get workers probably to maintain the cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing about American Car, you know, I never went, but the only thing about them was they had that big logo that they pop on the back of that bad boy. And I was like, I don't know if I want that logo well, that you know, big it, on my car. It was right at, <laughs> It was right across from uh, the Chevrolet dealer and the Toyota yeah. dealer right there on 55. Right, yeah. Around County Line Road. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was a, a man on the logo. It was just mm-hmm. a lot going on with it the logo. A big man. I shouldn't have just stopped not buying a car because of <laughs> <laughs> the logo <laughs> on the back of the car, but I did. I did. Um, I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast description. But today we're talking about gasoline direct injection GDI. You can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. If you've hooked up a lawnmower to a car recently, give us a call. (laughs) Coach, we got an email I wanted to get into. This is a question for you. So, Um, I don't know. I like all of them. I'll go with this one. We are weighing the pros and cons of hybrid versus combustion engine sedans, specifically Hondas and Toyotas. Both manufacturers offer both types of the same models. The sticker price of a hybrid is more than that of a conventional combustion engine car, but the mileage is always significantly higher. Warranties and options are pretty much identical. They are trying to compare long-term costs for repairs and especially the cost um, lifetime of a replacement hybrid hybrid battery. Um, They keep their cars for as long as possible. So they're interested in advice before investing in a new vehicle. This is coming from Rebecca. Well, you always think about make sure you understand a hybrid is a battery operated and an internal combustion engine. So it has two ways of producing power for that car. Mm -hmm. You will pay more for the hybrid vehicle. And I think the main thing that if you're going to get a hybrid vehicle, just understand the... I would say that the resale value, if you were not going to keep it for a long time, or the trade value, all of that, it really uh, it appreciates quite a bit more than a uh, internal combustion engine mm-hmm. due to the battery. If the battery depletes, it's going to be hard to get it because uh, sell it because you're going to get a new battery and the batteries are expensive. Right. Either way you go. Right. So I had the choice to get a hybrid when I got my wife's new car, mm-hmm. and we did not get a hybrid. We decided to get a Regular Regular. internal combustion engine. And that was, your reasoning for that was? Uh, The battery, uh, the maintenance on that vehicle. Okay. And the high voltage that is in that vehicle. And I think that's a lot of things that people don't understand. Not everybody can work on a hybrid vehicle. Not everybody can work on an EV uh, vehicle because they really don't know all the safety 
uh, procedures and they don't know, maybe don't know how to un- uh, disconnect the uh, power, the high voltage power from that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times in that vehicle, there is a plug or a, like a breaker in the back of the vehicle that you pull. And if you don't really know what you're looking for, I would not let just anybody, anybody work, on, work my car. on it. Okay. So you were telling me, and to go back to GDI, the same issue could happen with a GDI vehicle. And so not every repair technician can repair that car for you. Once again, it's under high pressure. The system, there's a lot of safety uh, factors that you got to take in consideration. So once again, not everybody can work on them. You need to make sure that you take it to a retro world dealer or a technician that knows about GDI. It's just like, if you think about GDI, it's almost like diesel, Mm -hmm. but it still has to have an ignition system to ignite the fuel. Okay. So just make sure you take it to somebody reputable that you know that knows that type of vehicle. Okay. Or else somebody's going to get burned because it's gonna get hot hurt. in there. That's right. It is hot in there. So when it comes down to repairing, especially if you've got to find somebody who knows how to do it, is it expensive? What are the costs associated with repairing a GDI vehicle? Well, really, it's just more of the injection system, uh, the type of injectors they have in them. Uh, a lot of people now are using injectors that are like are electronic injector systems, mm-hmm. where they uh, even diesel 18-wheelers uh, down the highway now use uh, electronic injectors. Okay. No longer mechanical injectors. And you can diagnose them the same way as you can a uh, regular vehicle with mm-hmm. the scan tool and all that. That'll mm-hmm. help you diagnose the problem. Uh, you want to make sure that you keep those uh, valves clean, and they do make uh, different cleaners that you can put in there. Uh, some of them you put in your gas, but a lot of them you'll spray it right through the intake where the air comes in, sea foam, barium, uh, CRC, a lot of different ones you can use, mm-hmm. and you need to do that at every maintenance, every time you change your oil. Spray it into the intake where the air sucks it down across those valves and loosens up that carbon. Okay. Because carbon is what causes the problem. Okay. You were also talking about oil. It would, do you suggest specific oils for the GDI oil every, change? Every one of them have a specific oil they need to use for that vehicle. Okay. It's very important to change that oil on a uh, interval that the manufacturer says. Mm-hmm. Make sure you go to your owner's operator, or the owner's manual. Make sure you go by the manufacturer's uh, intervals of change that oil because keep it clean. You keep the carbon down. That vehicle can run, you know, 150, 200,000 miles like anything else. Right, right. That sounds great. I mean, if, if, if you can make sure that you keep up on your maintenance, you'll keep up on your car. But that's with any car, even if it's not a GDI. Well, we're going to have a show next week on maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I knew Coach was going to get me. I knew he was going to get me. Okay. We're going to go to an email. But before we go to the email, if you've got a question, we're taking your GDI questions. We're taking whatever car questions that you have. Okay, Coach, we're going to go into this. This is coming from Pete. Pete says, Mr. Melton, hello, Mr. Guru. I don't, he must have got that from me. He got that from you. (laughs) (laughs) I have a 1994 Chevrolet 1500 4.3 liter, 153,000 miles just purchased. It ran hot and boiled over. Previous owner said that. The radiator was plugged, so I had it rotted and boiled. Put it back in. Within five minutes, it hit 260 degrees. I shut it off, and I'm proceeding to replace the head gaskets. 
little chocolate milk in the lower radiator hose, some under the intake manifold, but not much, maybe like two teaspoons full. None in the oil or valve covers. Am I on the right track? Head gaskets? That's a question he's asking. It's a GMT 400, not Silverado. Get a mechanic today. <laughs> LOL. I don't know what he meant there. Upper radiator hose never got warm before it hit 260 degrees. New thermostat I put in after radiator cleaning. Thank you for your time, and I love the show. Break that down for me, Coach. How okay, the, fir- the first thing he said to me, rotted the radiator. What he did, he cleaned the radiator. You can't rod radiators anymore. You had to replace the radiator because first, y'all had to see lim- Jermaine's face reading the end of that email. When she said, explain that to me, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> she so, had to look like I just said a bunch of words. I did. That's that's it. There said was numbers, there was numbers and stuff in there. So if you ride the radiator out, usually you're going to replace the radiator. But he said that he had a uh, milky substance mm-hmm. in the lower radiator hose. Mm-hmm. Okay, milky substance means there's oil and water mixing together. They make like a chocolate milk. Yeah, that's what okay. he's saying. Matter of fact, that's how I taught my kids in school. If you saw it look like chocolate milk, you know, there's water oh, and wow. the oil. So that okay. was a real thing he said. That was a real thing. Okay. <laughs> so it does look like chocolate milk, but okay. he said there wasn't a lot. Now, if you remove the intake like you said you did and you saw a little bit under there, well, really, that means that the water, the intake gaskets were good because that's just where the... Uh, they're blocked off by the intake, so you wouldn't worry about that t- so much. What I would do, if you change the thermostat, did you, uh, I think somebody, I think I read it or something, that somebody, you're going to change the heads. Well, what happens well, a lot of times when you change the head gasket on there, make sure that the head gasket itself is good, but you want to make sure the head, you need to take the head to the machine shop, because I don't know if those have aluminum heads. I think they are aluminum heads, and make sure they're not warped. Or okay. cracked. So you want to make sure that you take them to have the heads checked before you put them back mm-hmm, on the vehicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you got water down into the uh, uh, oil down in the coolant, yes, you're on the right track by changing those head gaskets. Okay. And change both of them, not just one. Okay. Well, Pete, we thank you for this email. That was a good one, even though it confused me. I think I got now. It's a GMT 400, not Silverado, which means he needs to get a mechanic today, LOL. I think I read that right that time. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny to me. We're discussing gasoline direct injection, GDI injections, and taking your repair questions. You can send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. It's not every week that I review a car that I've recommended to others and that I buy for myself, but that is the case this week. We have the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Premium Edition. I really like this car. It's essentially a Mazda 3 compact hatchback jacked up, and I love the exterior style. It's just very sculpted and very beautiful. Inside, it looks like Alfa Romeo designed it. Everything's just understated, but all the materials very well done. And I like the contrasting colors, kind of the brown and the gray inside too. See, to get heated leather seats in the front, a heated leather up steering wheel, automatic climate control, and a real heads up display that projects the speed and navigation in front of you. Underneath the hood, a 2.5 liter turbocharged four cylinder engine, delivers 227 horsepower, and still pretty decent gas mileage. 22 miles per gallon in the city, 30 on the highway, with all wheel drive. So let's talk about price. The CX-30 starts just under $23,000. This one with everything on it, including the Bose sound system, $36,810. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician and Guru. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, I was thinking about GDI and, you know, we're going to talk about maintenance uh, next week. But here it's very, very important to make sure that oil is changed at the correct intervals in order to get ultimate performance on okay. this vehicle. Make sure you do that. I was bad at getting my oil changed. If you don't know you've got a GDI, take it in. Just get your oil changed today. <laughs> and then ask them after you get that, your oil changed. Is right. that a GDI system? <laughs> And then you'll you'll be on the right track. So, Coach, you're going to be making an appearance. If anybody wants to to meet Coach Charlie, he'll be at the home show um, this Saturday morning. We'll be out there at 9 a.m. or so. Fix It 101 will be one of the featured shows at the home show. But Coach Charlie's going to be there. And so if you ever wanted to meet Coach Charlie in person, if you ever just wanted to know what he looked like, the man behind the voice, because people can point <laughs> that voice out in the, in the street. Coach. But if you ever wanted to meet the man behind the voice, it's going to be the home show. Um, that's going to be March 25th. This Saturday, we'll be out there at around 9 a.m. or so. Come out, hang out with us, talk to Coach Charlie, talk to Fix It 101. It's all about fixing stuff, homes and all that great stuff at the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl. So, Coach, I'll be out there with you. Uh, sounds good. I'll be I'll be fielding fielding your your fans for you. <laughs> I'll field your fans. There you go. <laughs> but we again we're talking about GDI systems today, and it's just been a great great conversation about that. I've learned so much, Coach. You are so just on it when it comes down to information. Any last words other than the the make sure you get your maintenance on the GDI? Well, just know what you got in your car. Um, you know, they make these cars, they're getting smaller, they're getting better gas mileage, you know. It doesn't really matter what type of vehicle you have. Just make sure you know about the vehicle and know how it operates. Make sure you go to the owner's manual. Make sure you know what the manufacturer uh, recommendations are on those cars. Mm -hmm. And buy a car that suits you, not because of anything else, something that suits you as an individual. Yeah, yeah. 
And no. make sure you look at if it's a GDI or not before you pull off the lot like me. Now I've got to go Google it. Well, you know, in the back of that book, you know, it has a service intervals and it has everything about that car in that book. Read the owner's manual. Yeah. You know, still today, I think with my wife's uh, Mercedes, there was buttons in it because I don't drive it all the time. Mm-hmm. I had to ask her, what's these buttons mean? Because she's the one who drives it. She's the one who's looked at the owner's manual. You know, just make sure you know what your car is all about. Yeah. You know, if it has a CVT transmission, if it has a GDI engine injection system, just be aware. And make sure you stay up on maintenance. But we'll make sure that happens uh, next week when we talk about maintenance. Right. (laughs) That is it. We'll talk about it. We'll make sure it's taken care of. Right. We will. Okay. Let's get this quick email in. You may be able to get this. Gasket Blue on a 044 Runner 4.0 V6. I said that and I knew what I said. I bought this car less than a year ago. (laughs) That was me. Um, And the guy said a new head gasket had already been installed. Should I replace the gasket or look for a new engine? I'm going to do it myself. Um, This is coming from Van. Well, Van, I think that's when I read that that email and I was talking about the head. Just make sure that head is checked in the machine shop because, like I say, if the valve, if the uh, gasket, the head gasket has already been replaced once, that means there's something else wrong with it. Either the head didn't get checked for cracks or it may be warped. And coolant still getting down in the engine, mm-hmm. or oil's getting down the coolant. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get that. So just checked. make sure you have that checked. You know, it costs you a little bit more money, but all the time it takes to pull one of those engines down and put it back together, and then you find out that it's not working and you mm-hmm. got to do it again. Mm-hmm. It's worth a little extra money to get it done. Van, we thank you so much for that email. Well. That will wrap us up today for AutoCorrect. Our crew engineer is the great Jay White. Our call screener was the great Jay White. (laughs) (laughs) For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.